0: This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to The Two-Minute Drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Two-Minute Drill podcast. As always, I'm Adam. Got the boys back today, Kev, Dan. Happy to have you guys both here. Um, Let's dive right into this, man. For the first time this year, I can proudly say that the Pats are on a win streak. It feels really good to say huge huge win over the chargers on sunday 27 24 pats a lot of good football some bad but at the end of the day they pulled out a close victory and that's what we've been looking forward to all season a turnaround type of game for the season that can hopefully propel us to the playoffs and guys i want to hear your thoughts so let me hear them
1: well i mean you touched on it a little bit there it's great to see us on a win streak i would have to say this might be our biggest win of the post-Tom Brady era. It's definitely the biggest one we've had since maybe that Sunday night football game against the Ravens uh, when uh, Jacoby Myers on the double pass had us all believing we could make a playoff run. This one feels a lot different, though. That game, it, you know, if you guys remember, we were pulling out trick plays. It was like a torrential downpour, so it slowed the Ravens' whole offense down. Like, it, it really, like, as much as we wanted to believe in that team, it felt like we knew it was a fluke win. So, I mean... This was a lot different. We were pretty much in control the entire game. It was close throughout, and then obviously we were able to pull away late. I just, you know, huge props to Bill Belichick. The defensive game plan was unbelievable. Justin Herbert couldn't get a sense of us all day. He looked just as confused as he did coming up against us last year, and uh, that just shows the greatness of Bill Belichick.
2: I think the Patriots could have easily put up 40 in this game. Like you said, Dan, we're much in control. We could have absolutely destroyed them. But so you had the fourth and goal on the uh, one yard line that fade to Myers. I'm glad that they passed it there. I know everybody says they should have run it, but everybody's been bashing the Patriots red zone, not letting Mac air it out. So glad to see that there's trust in Mac there. It was just an overall good win. Patriots definitely do have Justin Herbert's eye. And I think two reports came out that like the Patriots were like excited to play against Herbert just because of what they did last year. Kind of take the strength and weaknesses and neutralize them a lot. Just glad to see this team starting to come together. Everybody uh, doubted us after what started one and three, even though you played tough games. Everybody said, What a wash of a season, whatever. And said two weeks ago, right now we have the seventh overall pick in the draft. Dan was already doing his draft board. <laughs> now we're four and four right there in the playoff hunt. AFC is wide open. Huge win. Got to give those boys a
0: yeah, I have to touch on what you said about the fourth and goal play call. I got to admit, I wasn't the biggest fan of throwing a fade, but I can't say too many bad things about it because I we have been asking McDaniels to be more aggressive, especially on fourth downs and letting Mac rip the ball a little more in the red zone. So overall, I can't say too much bad things about that. But in a game where Mac was – this is probably one of Mac's worst games this year. He was off kind of the whole, the whole entire day. Throwing balls high, not perfectly on time with with his receivers, but one thing that really stood out to me was he delivered when it mattered. On that last drive, we had a kill clock. Guys were staying in bounds. He was making the right plays, safe throws, protecting the ball, man. And this kind of team, that was kind of the philosophy going into the year. Run the ball. Don't turn it over and let your defense do its job, and that's exactly what they did. So, big shout out to them. And I do have to say, when that first drive by the Chargers, I was a little nervous about how this game was going to go because they went right down the field with a big play. I was like, "Oh no, come on, guys!" But luckily, we made our adjustments. We, uh, we got into Herbert's head; he couldn't really do much after the first two drives. And man, it's another great performance by Belichick. And hopefully, we can keep it up.
2: I think Dan was more upset after the first drive by you. Oh, You're so bad. Dan- Dude, Dan's texted. I was like, I hate this kid. This kid. <laughs> like, one drive, we haven't even touched the ball yet. Dan's like, oh, well, next season, it's over. And it's like, dude, one <laughs> drive. You knew, like, the Chargers were going to put up points. And basically what you said, Adam, like, Mac Jones had, like, about that fourth and one, though, too. Like, Jacoby Myers needs his first touchdown. That's something that oh my god. happened. It needs to happen. And one last thing on Mac Jones is that last drive was fucking huge. He made all the right reads. The receivers stayed in bounds and kneeled down. But that throw to Jacoby Myers, there's a lot of plays that if Mac didn't get rid of that ball when he did, it would have been a sack fumble, especially that last drive, that throw to Myers on third down. So Mac, probably the worst game of his career, 18 for 35, still completed 50% of his passes, no turnovers. And that's all Bill Belichick wants out of that quarterback
1: yeah well just for a little context on my mindset going to that game uh my parlay was completely dead within five minutes of the one o'clock games thanks to the Detroit Lions uh my fantasy team didn't crack 80 points I got blown out I was having a very very bad Sunday so yeah I wasn't the most optimistic person I heading into that. that game yeah, yeah de- I mean obviously great to get the win though um you gotta, you can't help but be pleased with the result. And I mean, I talked about it a couple weeks ago after we had just lost to Dallas, and you know things were kind of at their low for us this season. We were gonna have to probably go eight and three in order to have a chance at the playoffs. You get the win against the Jets, that's the easy one. This game against the Chargers, that was one of those games. We got a couple more this season. Teams like the Browns, like the Titans, games that are winnable for us but are also just as losable. So this was definitely a big win for us to get. We're going to need to get a couple more of these. And, uh, yeah, definitely excited for the playoff push.
2: But here's here's the thing now, though, that this AFC, in my opinion, is so wide open. Cleveland had a tough loss. Cincinnati had a tough loss. You know, I mean, the Browns really don't look that good on offense without Kareem Hunt. You can kind Chiefs. of Nick Chubb with well, the Chiefs. will get into later, like a little bit, because the Chiefs right now aren't even on my mind. Surprisingly, I'm more worried about the teams that actually are winning records and actually look like decent football teams. I All think right, Titans Tennessee, no Henry. He would know Derek Henry. I think that this team, this Pats team, will be eight and four, or should be eight and four. I'm not going to say they will be, but they should be eight and four going into Buffalo on Monday Night Football.
1: What's so, our so we got think, so you think we went Carolina, out from
2: here? We got Carolina, then we okay. go we have home versus Cleveland, and it's at home, so that's a good thing. You're gonna put eight in the guy, eight guys in the box against Nick Chubb. We do not know the Odell Beckham situation, we don't know if we'll ever play there again. Baker's still hurt, not. winnable game right there. Then you have a three day Thursday night football game versus the Atlanta Falcons. Nope, I like that, and then it's Tennessee at home.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see it. I I mean, even if we split those games with the Browns and Titans, I'll still be happy with that. But, yeah, that's definitely the big stretch there coming into December when we go Buffalo back-to-back with the Colts in between, and then we're able to end it out with the Jaguars and Titans. So, I mean, if we can just get out of that stretch going into the end of the year, going into January, where we're, you know, even if we're just barely in for the playoffs, in all likelihood we're winning those last two games of the year. So, no, no, just this is this is the stretch right now.
0: Yeah, Kevin, in a perfect world, we we could be 8-4 and four going into Buffalo, but as good as we've looked over the last couple weeks, there's still no certains with this team, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but mistakes, especially I'm going to mention a couple right now that are really ticking me off, is how many big plays do we have that are called back by penalties? Damian Harris mm-hmm. had two, one of them for a long touchdown, and then a couple plays after that, Kendrick Bourne fumbles in field goal range. See, so those are the kind of plays, like, we're lucky. We had a great win. We played great. But those are the kind of miscues that just didn't happen in the past and they could really cost you a game. And we've seen it a couple times this year. You know, Bucks game, we fumbled. You know, Cowboys. It, it comes back to get you, and we're midway through the season. Now, hopefully, we can start cleaning those up. But it's really frustrating. I feel bad for Damian Harris sometimes because he should have an even better day than he did. He did go off, but – there was a lot of big plays left in the field by him. I think there was like two 30 or 40 yard rounds and one of them being a touchdown that were called back by a holding. So I don't know. We can clean that up. We can definitely go, go into Buffalo eight and four, but we just got to take it one game at a time. Not look ahead and just keep finding our way.
2: Well, you always got to look ahead. Cause I feel like the AFC right now at this point is just so wide open. And the only reason you have to look ahead is because you have that matchup against Cleveland. You have that matchup against Tennessee. And those games are going to be crucial with the AFC standings because you would be the you would have the tiebreaker over the Chargers, the Browns, and the Titans. Even though I think the Titans are going to win the, because it does not look like Indy. I thought Indy was going to have a chance to win on Sunday. Carson Wentz choked as usual, so that kind of sucked to see because it would have been more entertaining. And it looks like Raiders right now are carrying away the AFC West. The Chiefs look god awful. I don't even know. If they should, even if, like, say they have a little bit of a run, they play close games, like, they don't even deserve to be in the playoffs, in my opinion, about how they've looked. So, I think it is good to look ahead just because this team is on that momentum. And, like you said, we've had holding calls on Damian Harris, long runs, we've had fumbles. But Bill Belichick's football teams, they get better when you're a good team. Last year we sucked, so it didn't really matter. But what we've seen in the past is this team improves week in and week out. As we're getting further down the season, I think those holding calls are going to go away. And I think we're going to be able to hold the ball better. Kendrick Bourne had that one fumble. It was a good play. So I think that down the line, I think we should have a lot of optimism about this team going forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, just touching on that Bourne thing briefly, I saw a lot of people really upset uh, with that fumble. He was obviously just trying to make a play. It was a good punch. But do you guys think he should be worried at all? Because after that, he gets pulled onto the sidelines. We see Nikhil Harry coming. Bourne had a career low in snaps. Harry, you know, he he was solid. Made a couple catches down the end there. Personally, I like Kendrick Bourne a lot. I definitely don't think Nikhil Harry should be taking a spot now. But do you guys think we see more Nikhil Harry over Kendrick Bourne this week?
0: I I don't think so. I think that's just the Belichick way. If you fumble, you're out of the game. Put too much money into a guy like Kendrick Bourne to keep him in the doghouse for too long. I hope he learned his lesson by sitting out the rest of that game. Uh, he's too much of a weapon to sit on the sideline, so I think he'll be back in on Sunday.
2: I agree. I think I think it was just a teaching moment for Bourne there. I mean, he did have that fumble against the Jets too, even though they called it uh, forward progress was stopped. Mm-hmm. But honestly, Doughboy didn't look that bad. He had... Two big catches in that game. That one late in the fourth quarter on that Carl. It was actually a big catch in a big moment. So right now, I don't really mind seeing Doughboy out there, but I don't want to see Kendrick Bourne lose that many snaps because of it. But honestly, if Doughboy's out there right now, I don't hate it.
0: Fair enough. No. One more thing but... before we move. <laughs> Before we move into the picks, I just wanted to touch on the offensive line. And I think that's what's really making this team go right now because ever since we moved the one-to-right tackle uh, a couple weeks back, it's been night and day difference. Mac's got a lot of time. The running holes are starting to open up. Damon Harris is running the ball like a beast. So just wanted to say that and give them a shout-out. And also a shout-out to Nick Folk, Mr. Consistent, Mr. Reliable. He's been a huge reason why we've had success this year.
2: Before we go into the picks, are we going to talk about the – the obj stuff or like aaron Rodgers, or any of that because i feel like lately we've been so pats heavy but i feel like this week has kind of been like a crazy week of football football news out there like that obj stuff is absolutely wild i do not know what's going on there i don't know how you can excuse him from practice two days in a row and then expect him to just come back on sunday and play yeah i don't I don't really understand
1: what the Browns are doing because it's like he, as far as getting out of Cleveland, he put on the full court press. He did everything he could to get out of there. He had like LeBron James tweeting like free Odell, which obviously like those two are friends. You think that was just a coincidence that LeBron wouldn't like check with Odell before doing something like that. You've got his dad posting highlight reels of Baker Mayfield with just like missed balls or not looking at him. I saw his dad responding to like, comments where it was guys literally like you can't convince me at this point that baker mayfield doesn't just hate odell beckham and not want him to succeed and refuses to throw him the ball and his dad would like reply to that with like a 100 emoji just like all like and then you know you have reports coming out today that like odell like he doesn't talk to anybody on the team he's just like there but really not present he doesn't do anything with guys on his team Like, how do you not trade him on the deadline? There's no way there was not interest, and now you're in a spot where, like, you have to cut him. You can't, like, how could you keep him right now when you're just excusing him from practice? Are you literally just going to have him sit on your sidelines all year? It's just, there's no way this thing ends with him still on their roster.
0: Yeah, just like you said, at the trade deadline, I think the Saints were interested. I'm sure a couple other teams made some calls. But Baker's dad really I mean, not Baker's dad. Odell's dad released that video on the deadline day. So you knew of all the, public, uh, the the press and everybody was talking about it. So it's like why do you not just get rid of him for whatever you can at that moment? So now he's sitting on your sideline, taking up a bunch of cap room, making a huge story out of this. Baker's upset. Everybody's every, – this is all going crazy. You can't keep him, man. You're going to have to get rid of him. And it kind of reminds me of like what we do with Gilly kind of. Because they could have got barely anything out of OBJ. We were going to cut Gilly, but we barely got anything. But it's even worse for the Browns. But it's like it's just a typical Browns move to just not get anything for a guy like OBJ. I know he hasn't produced like he like his name, what everybody thinks of him over the last couple years. But like everybody keeps saying, man, hashtag free OBJ.
2: OBJ to the Pats confirmed. Please, dude. Especially if he clears waivers and gets a new contract. I think that, if anything, I can still see OBJ ending up in Green Bay. It just takes too much sense for antibodies Rogers to get another weapon on that offense. This makes way too much sense. But yeah, if you I get mean... okay, though, that your offense with Mac Jones is set, I'm just saying that right now. Like, that would be unbelievable if we could get OBJ in on this offense. Because then, one thing for sure, Nikhil Harry's not getting any snaps other than on when we're on running plays. And two, you have a legit number one wide receiver. And then it just sets the tone for the rest of the offense. It opens up so much more. So, if it's a possibility and OBJ clears waivers and it happens, dude. I mean, I will
1: say, like, I want to see him on the Pats. I can, you know, he's going to – he would improve our offense. But I I think people who think that he's just going to be, like, the old OBJ are kidding themselves. I don't even know that – like, I think we're one of the few teams that he would walk in and even have a shot to be our wide receiver one right off the bat. You know what I mean? I don't – he just – simply like, he's just not what he was. It's just clear. But with that being said, he's still a good wide receiver. He still has value. The Browns probably still could have gotten something for him um, just on his current contract. I mean, he's just not worth that. So, once they do cut him, I would say he's going to hit waivers, but obviously – If you pick him up off waivers, you're also taking that contract that he's on. So I would expect him to clear waivers. And then, you know, we're going to see something similar to, you know, what we saw with like Leonard Fournette and Le'Veon Bell, where you're going to have a whole lot of teams in on them. You're going to have, you know, a day or two where he's rumored with every team. It's going to come down to a couple. uh, And he's also going to ultimately going to end up making his choice, probably be suiting up for somebody other than the Browns next week. But here's a question for you: and Why the Patriots thing is
0: pretty legit, in my opinion, is where do guys go when they need to revive their career for a year or two, and then get the next payday? They come to New England, man. I know this is the post Tom Brady era, but Belichick can put these guys in the perfect, perfect position to succeed. I'm getting ahead of myself and getting too excited to talking about it, you know. But come with Mac, be that number one guy on our offense. Get some better film. We're going to feed you. We're not going to leave you on an island and not look at you like Baker does. So come to New England. Come sign a cheap contract with us. Get your stats. Get it, Prove everybody wrong, and then go make your money in a year or two. But I, it just it's it's perfect because it's been in the past. This has been a rumor for a long time. Bill likes Odell. Odell likes Bill. I don't see why it can't happen if he gets cut.
2: And 100% can. I think the only team that would – question about claiming Odell on waivers is the Jaguars because the Jaguars have like $27 million in cap and I think their organization is going absolutely nowhere so they would be a type of team they'd be like hey why not let's get Odell for Trevor Lawrence and put him with Marvin Jones I think they'd be the only team it depends what Odell wants to do it depends if he wants to win a championship now or if he wants to do you know like go to Bill Belichick and be coached like he's been on record saying that he wants to be coached And that's – if you want to be coached, you don't go to another place other than New England, in my honest opinion. But knowing all of this, Odell clearing waivers, I bet you that uh, he goes to Tampa Bay just because. (laughs) That's the rub it in our faces. They would just go four wide receivers, with cut everybody else, and then just have Odell, A.B., Godwin, Evans, and ground just because. Yeah, I mean – It's, I I think I told you,
1: it's like the Brady Odell thing has always been there. And it just, you know, whenever one of these guys comes on the market, it just seems like Tampa Bay is always a destination for him. You know, it seems like Tampa Bay and Kansas City are always the main two. I think that I honestly think you talked about the Jaguars maybe claiming off waivers. I don't know what their cap situation is like, but the Chiefs are such a mess right now. They might even try to do the same thing. I know they're going to be near the top of that order. I do think it would be hilarious though if he did all this to force his way out of Cleveland and then just got claimed by like the Lions. Like that would that would be pretty funny in my opinion. But most likely you're going to see him get cut. You're going to see the Odell Beckham sweepstakes, and we're going to have something to talk about
0: hmm there's there's more coming to the story he's something's gonna happen because the second day in a row held out of practice uh the team doesn't want him showing up his agents talking with the owner this story is far from over yep
1: all right what do you guys think getting to the picks here let's do let's, it yes all sir right. so last week uh i wasn't on to share my picks but I did win the week narrowly. I beat out Kevin by one pick. We had the same sheet except for the 49ers-Bears game. I took the Niners. Uh, Adam was only one pick behind Kev. So narrow result there, but just a little closer to the top of the order. Kev's sitting in first right now. Week nine, we've got the Miami Dolphins taking on the
2: Houston Texans for our first game in Miami. Who you guys got? So, I'm taking Houston. Seven and a half is a lot. I know Miami played Buffalo pretty tough, but that is a division game. I think all the stuff that came out with the trade deadline in Miami came really close to acquiring Deshaun Watson. Owner Stephen Ross legit even talked to Deshaun Watson. That's basically like, I don't even know, man. That That is a tough situation for Tua to be in. If I was Tua, I'd be like, fuck you guys. Like, what the hell? And I still have to play for you. That's that's not going to go over well overall. Floor's tried to cover that up well. Tyrod Taylor comes back. I think it's too many points for an Miami team that is not that good. So I'm going to roll Houston.
0: Yeah, it is a pretty tough situation for Tua and how the organization is treating him. Because, like you said, like how do you think he feels right now? He sees the rumors. He sees all the tweets. He sees everything, man. It's like, what about me, guys? I'm barely my. I'm halfway through my second second year on this team and you guys are already giving up on me but with that i'm going miami i know <laughs> houston <laughs> i know it's kind of a lot of points and tyrod Taylor's coming back but the, the game was pretty close against the bills i know the score doesn't say so i think it was 26 to 11 but they put up an okay fight for a decent amount of the game i think miami is just what do they have one win against us which looks so bad it makes me so mad but i think they're a better team they have a better roster than winning just one game and i think they can win this one in uh Hopefully get Mike Gisecki some touchdowns for my fantasy team. So I'm taking Dolphins.
1: Uh, Yeah, I got to go with Houston here. Seven and a half (laughs) is a ton. Uh, When we saw Tyron Taylor in this season, you know, we obviously came into this year thinking the Texans maybe weren't going to win a game. Blew out the Jags week one, covered very easily on the road against Cleveland week two. Uh, I think this is a totally different team. I think it's actually a pretty solid team with Tyrod Taylor. And, you know, we've even seen with Davis Mills, this team has their moments. So I'm going to go with Houston here.
2: Houston almost came back versus the Rams, by the way, too. They made a little late. 22-0 in the fourth. Yeah, they made a little late comeback there with David
1: Mills. Backdoor cover of the century. Next game, we've got the Dallas Cowboys at home taking on the Denver Broncos. Cowboys are the nine and a
2: half point favorites who you got so I'm going with Dallas I know it's a lot of points but I just Dak's a full participant looks like he's gonna play I know C.D. Lamp has an injury but I Denver was the biggest fluke three and team now they're four and four they traded Vaughn Miller obviously that locker room is probably going through some shit they're probably just saying whatever it is what it is Dak will probably end up putting up points on that Denver's defense, I can see Dallas winning by more than 10. So give me Dallas
0: 9.5. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you here, Kev. Dallas here. Dak's coming back. That offense can going to put up 30, 40 points any week. I know Denver's defense is pretty good. they are they got a solid secondary. But like you said, no Von Miller. That locker room's going through some stuff, and they're just not that great of a team, especially with Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not a big big fan of his, He's pretty conservative, and they probably won't be able to keep up with Dallas in that offense. So give me the Cowboys here.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Dallas here as well. Uh, Broncos, you know, simply they're just not a good team. Even without Dak, Dallas looked solid against Minnesota. With Dak, they might have the best offense in the league. I like them with the nine and a half here. Next game, we've got the Baltimore Ravens at home taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Ravens are the five-and-a-half-point
2: favorites. Who you got? So I know Minnesota is a good team, but that loss versus Dallas was tough. I thought they should have won that. Well, you should have won that game when you know that you're going up against Cooper Rush, who made his first NFL career start, but Cooper Rush actually looked pretty good. I know Minnesota's banged up on their defense. Uh, Baltimore's coming off a bye. Baltimore's home. They know that Cincinnati and Cleveland are facing each other, which is going to open up some things on the AFC North. So I'm going to go Baltimore, five
0: and a half. Yeah, I'm going with Baltimore here too. They're a damn good team in the March. Been on a roll this year. And I think Mike Zimmer for the Vikings is on the hot seat. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's fired after this year. I saw some clips of Dalvin Cook um, stiff arming a guy. and Nobody on the sideline gets excited. Then we saw that weird clip of him when Kirk Cousins was all excited getting in Zimmer's face and he like pushed him away. I just feel like that locker room really doesn't care right now. And they need a new face to control that team. Because like you said, Kev, they're a good team. they got a good roster, but they're really underperforming. So with that, uh, give me
1: the Ravens. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens here too. I mean, that was a must-win ga- must game for Minnesota on Sunday night. You got Cooper rushing. You know, Cowboys offense did enough, but didn't even look that impressive. And, you know, Minnesota couldn't get anything going. Kirk Cousins especially. That was a pretty deflating loss. Now, having to go into Baltimore and play a very good Ravens team, I don't like that for Minnesota. I'm gonna go with Baltimore here. Next game, the big game for us, we've got the New England Patriots on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Pats are the
2: three and a half point road favorites. Who you got? I am <laughs> going with the New England Patriots three and a half. Mac Jones dog barks all day long. It looks like we're gonna be facing PJ Walker. We'll get into the details of that later on towards the end of the episode, but I'm not going to go against New England on their two-game hot streak winning streak right now, so give me New England.
0: Going, I'm going with New England here, too. They've been playing some great football over the last couple of weeks, and the Panthers are kind of streaky, and we're getting kind of lucky in this spot with McCaffrey. I'm not sure if he's playing 100% or not, but he, even if he does, he probably will be on a snap count, and if he was fully healthy – He could be the kind of guy who would give us a lot of problems. So, getting a good matchup here with Darnold out and probably McCaffrey. So, uh, three and a half, not that much. Give me the Pats, baby. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) got to go with the Pats here. This, though, I will say, I mean, after that win last week, everybody's riding high. Panthers still are a dangerous team. I know it's, you know, obviously going to be P.J. Washington, but they got some good receivers. Uh, P.J. Washington? Obviously, uh, P.J. uh, Walker there you go that's that's going to be a bad look if i can't even get the guy's name right and he beats us <laughs> on sunday but yeah i mean obviously at quarterback looks like it's going to be an easy win the panthers though they have a very good defense they've got talented receivers christian mccaffrey may be on his way back on the road pats should not take this team likely don't overlook carolina you got to get past this one this is a very winnable game can't lose these ones going forward Next game, we've got... I'm going
2: to say this right now for the 10 listeners that listen to this show. Just so you guys are aware, if you listen to this before Sunday, Christian McCaffrey will not be playing. He will be playing (laughs) next week. So do not listen to either of these clowns who keep saying that he might play limited snaps, et cetera, et cetera. It will not be Christian McCaffrey. It will be P.J. Washington per Dan Shea and Hubbard. Just letting you guys know. All
1: right, fair enough. Next game... (laughs) We've got the Buffalo Bills heading to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Bills are
2: the 14-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So I'm going Buffalo. I know it's a lot of points. Jacksonville lost to Seattle last week, and it was in Seattle. I know Jacksonville is going back home. But Buffalo had a tough game versus Miami. I feel like the last couple of weeks, Buffalo has been struggling a little bit. But it is Jacksonville, 14-and-a-half big day for Josh Allen. I think after last week that Bill's offense is going to want to put up a lot of points and not give a shit about it. Give me Buffalo 14 and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm right with Buffalo here too. I can already see it. I have a feeling Josh Allen digs connection. They're due for a big breakout day and what perfect what better time for it to come uh, in Jacksonville in Florida. Good throwing weather Uh Jacksonville's not a great team. Let's keep it simple as that uh, Buffalo.
1: Yeah got to go with the Bills here. Jaguars are a bad team. Bills are a good team. Don't overthink it. Next game, Cincinnati Bengals at home taking on the Cleveland Browns. Both of these teams coming off some pretty bad losses last week. Bengals are the two-and-a-half-point
2: favorites. Who you got? This was the toughest game of the week. Probably might be the best game of the week. I had to go Cleveland. I needed to take an extra underdog, and I still like Cleveland, even though we talked about it before the episode, talk about that. Or, the, or Actually, during this episode, during the AFC being wide open, Cincinnati had a really tough loss versus the Jets. Kind of really shows that, are they for real? I mean, I still like Cincinnati. I like both of these teams. But in this instance, it was tough. I'm probably going to be wrong in it. But I had to take the points, so I had to take Cleveland.
0: It's funny, Kev, because I had the same exact thought process. I was looking at the sheet, and I was like, man, I need to pick an underdog here. I'm rolling with Cleveland. I could see it though. A divisional games, since he coming off a tough loss, they could be vulnerable right now because they've never really had this kind of success. They're all riding high under Joe Burrow, well, that success in a while. They're riding high off Burrow and chase and who knows what can happen in this kind of game. Maybe, um, Nick Chubb after his first game coming back last week, maybe he found his legs again, getting back under him. Maybe he rips off some big runs and they can control the clock and maybe Baker, uh, Is hearing the haters and comes out and has a huge game. So who knows? But uh, give me the underdog Browns in this one.
1: I got to go with the Bengals here. Um, I think Uh that Jets game, I think that Jets game was a total fluke loss. We saw it with the Titans earlier this year. I think the Jets are just going to be one of these teams where they get a couple of these unexpected wins. Uh, The Browns, meanwhile, they looked pretty awful against the Steelers, especially on offense. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I don't believe, will be back for this game. That has changed their offense in a big way. Baker Mayfield hasn't looked great. Now they got you know all this increased drama with Odell Beckham. I like Cincinnati here. Next game, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders on the road taking on the New York Giants. Raiders are the three and a half point favorites.
2: Who you got? So I had to go underdog again, and I have to take the Giants. I know Vegas is five and two, first place. five and two or six and two? I think they're five and two, first place in the AFC West. They have a lot of stuff going on. This has been a tough season for the Raiders. I'm very surprised that up until this point, they are still where they're at because what we talk about is the Raiders always choke. But the Giants are playing pretty good football. They played the Chiefs pretty good at Monday Night Football. I think they should have won that game. I know the offense struggled, but they also didn't have anybody out there, honestly, for Daniel Jones. I don't know what Barkley's situation is looking like for the COVID list, but I'm hoping that the Giants can get some guys back. I think this is going to be a close game. It is in New York. So I got to take the Giants at the points.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants here as well. I mean, for me personally, if this game is next week, I think I might go with the Raiders. I got the Giants winning out right here. Obviously a ton of stuff going on with Vegas. That whole situation with Henry Ruggs. Very very bad. I don't know how they could, you know, be having a normal game this week. Uh, And I think the Giants are going to be able to take advantage of that and get the win. I'm disagreeing,
0: man. I got Vegas in this one. They're a damn good team, and I love that (laughs) they're going to rally around. The time
2: you say this about a team, they lose. Well, you shut your mouth. How's that? you did this so many times last season. You'd be like, they're a damn good team. And then they lost like three games in well, a Vegas row. Vegas is,
0: oh. man. And I know they've been through a lot this year and they're coming together. All right. If there's ever a game, they're going to rally around each other. They've gone through so much this year with Gruden and now Ruggs in that terrible situation. It's the Giants, man. Don't be fooled. Vegas all day.
1: All right. Next game, we've <laughs> got the New Orleans Saints at home taking on the Atlanta Hawks, Falcons whatever you want to call them. <laughs> you did it again. That's the worst <laughs> one about that one is I was about to say Falcons, and then I went, nope, they're the Hawks, and then
2: realized This <laughs> That's the it. second time you've done that on a podcast. It is. It. Saints are the six-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So I'm going to go with the Saints. I know that Winston's over one ACL, but I still can't take Atlanta. I haven't taken Atlanta, and I think that other than the London game, that I've covered on every game so far. And, you know, I just think Sean Payton's got this team rolling. Like Adam always says, he's a good coach. When you go Sean Payton versus Matt Ryan, I'm going to go with Sean Payton and that Saints defense. They had a good win versus Brady last week. Going to be on a hot streak. Might be hard to stop Taysom Hill. He's been full participant coming back from that concussion. So give me the Saints to beat the Atlanta Hawks.
0: I'm disagreeing here. I hate to do it, but I'm going Falcons. Divisional game six and, I'm getting six and a half points with that pick. Uh, it's a good amount. And who's Taysom Hill starting. Don't know how that's going to go. I expect a big Kyle Pitts day. I know they were kind of off last week. I think they played Carolina bounce back day. I think the Falcons have played some decent football at times this year. And I expect them to do it again this week. Uh, and at this point I had to pick another underdog and they were getting a good amount of points. So Atlanta, it is.
1: <laughs> Give me the saints here. Uh, you know, Winston goes out last week. Trevor Simeon looked very solid, though, against Tampa Bay. The defense looked great. Uh, Falcons, obviously not a good team. I think that the Saints pull this one off. Next game, we've got the LA Chargers on the road taking on the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: Chargers are the two and a half point road
1: favorites. Who you got?
2: I get that uh, Philly won 41 6 last week, but it was against the Lions. Very disappointing to see from the Lions. You guys have been the biggest supporters of the Lions, saying that they're a tough physical team. Me and Adam thought that this was going to be the first week that on the pod that the Lions were going to get a win outright. Dan, I know you thought so too. Tough loss for the Lions, but going back to this game, I got to take the Chargers. High power offense. I don't really know what Philly is. I don't really know if they do either. And for that case, I think two and a half isn't that many points in this game, even though it's in Philly. Give me the Chargers, two and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm going Chargers too, really not that many points. Herbert hasn't been – he's been good, but he hasn't been what everybody's expected over the last couple of weeks. He's had some moments where he struggled, but I do see this as a bounce-back game. Could be a low-key a low shootout, but I don't think this is a lot of points. And like you said, Kev, Philly's really hard to judge. They're all over the place sometimes. Sometimes they look really good, sometimes they look bad. And, yes, we all took the Lions last week. Pretty bad for the program, not a good look. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going with Philly, so give me the Chargers.
1: I'm going to go with the Chargers here as well. Um, the two and a half against Philly, it's really questionable. I know that that was kind of an impressive performance against the Lions. Against the Lions blew them out. Uh, Chargers with the loss against us. I don't know. I, I, I think that's more about us than about the Chargers not being good. Um, and I think that they're going to be able to get this one done against Philly. I i think two and a half is way too small. I think this is a pretty easy pick. Next game, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs at home taking on the Green Bay Packers. Chiefs are the two-and-a-half-point favorites.
2: Who you got? So I really want to be bold, and uh, just so everyone is aware that this line was here before Aaron Rodgers was declared with COVID. I think that line has moved to seven-and-a-half, but because it's on the sheet, we're going to stick with two-and-a-half. I really want to be bold and still take Green Bay. I cannot see myself doing it. I'm still going to take Kansas City because it is two and a half. Obviously, if Rodgers was in there, I would. we probably all would have Green Bay circled. I think Jordan Love won't be that bad, though. I think that the Packers are going to really surprise some people, especially with just how they're going to handle the Chiefs. And I think that it's going to be a closer game than everyone expects with Jordan Love being put in this game. But Chiefs need a really impressive win. It's an arrowhead, and... I want to write off the Chiefs, but I don't think you ever can when it's Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, and Terry Kill. So it's two and a half. I gotta, everyone has to go Kansas City.
0: Yeah, it's it just stinks. What a tough week for Aaron Rodgers to get COVID and have to be out because this would have been the best game of the week. Finally, we get to see Mahomes versus Rodgers. Would have been an awesome game, but unfortunately, we're going to see Jordan Love, and I'm kind of excited to see how he's going to play but not against this Kansas City offense. They're due for a big breakout game. They've been struggling all year. Their defense hasn't been great. I just – they're due, man. They, they, they're they too good to not bet – they're too good to bet against, uh, only getting two and a half. Give me the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, Kansas City right now, rest of their schedule, they do not play another team that is below five they They're sitting at 4-4. Four and four. This is a game, now that Aaron Rodgers is out, that they cannot fail to take advantage of. Uh, silver lining for Packers fans. You are finally going to get to get an extended look at Jordan Love. Adam, I agree with you. I am actually pretty excited to see what he can do. Looks like he might even be playing next week as well. Uh, but only two and a half at home. Got to go with Kansas City here. Next game, we've got the Arizona Cardinals on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. Cardinals are the two and a half point favorites we got.
2: So I have to go San Francisco. I know that they looked shaky versus the Bears last week, but they end up pulling out in the end. San Francisco's getting everybody back. I know Kittle's coming back. I know Jeff Wilson's coming back. I like that running game right now. I think Kittle completes that offense, and it's only going to help Debo. It's only going to help Jimmy. And Arizona's pretty banged up right now. I know Kyle Murray's during, dealing with an ankle injury. He hasn't practiced all week. I know that doesn't mean anything. He probably will play. I know D Dehop's also banged up. And then J.J. Watt's out for the season. So it kind of just seems like after Arizona's undefeated uh, start to the season that everything's kind of starting to slowly uh, collapse on them. Obviously, they're going to be a good contending in the playoffs, but I had to go San Francisco at home with the points. Yeah, I don't
0: think so, man. (laughs) I'm going Cardinals here. I don't think the season's collapsing on them because they're one miscommunication play. They should still be undefeated. If A.J. Green's on the same page and it's a different conversation. I do agree San Fran looked pretty good against the Bears last week, uh, the run game, and getting Kittle back will be good. But this is Arizona, man. They can put up points whenever they want, and I don't know if Jimmy G will be able to keep up. So give me the Cardinals here.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a tough one because for the Cardinals, as Kevin mentioned, you've got Kyler Murray banged up. He might end up playing, but he's definitely not going to be 100%. You've got Hopkins, who's banged up. And if you guys watch that game on Thursday, that offense was completely different when he was off the field. And then you got the 49ers getting a ton of guys back because of all of this. I think I got to take San Francisco with the points. Just off the chance that we see Colt McCoy on Sunday, I'll feel like an idiot if I took the Cardinals. Give me the 49ers plus two and a half. Boom. Next game, Sunday night football, LA Rams at home against the Tennessee Titans. Rams are the seven and a half point favorites. Who you got?
2: I have to take the Rams because I'm afraid to see what this Titans offense is going to look like without Derrick Henry. It's just, I don't really know. Julio Jones has been in and out every single week. He can get hurt at any single time. And if you're telling me that you can, I'm going to take Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill and just A.J. Brown. I can't do it. Rams are too hot. They're at home. Seven and a half. I don't feel like is that much. Tennessee's defense isn't that good in my honest opinion. So I have to go Rams to
0: the seven and a half. Yeah, Rams are definitely one of the hottest teams of football right now, but I'm going with the Titans, man. Uh, obviously a huge, huge blow to a guy in Derrick Henry who was having one of the most impressive rushing seasons we've ever seen. Stinks for that team. He does everything for them. Their whole offense goes through him. But let's see what Tannehill's got, man. This is all on him now. Um, I know the Rams, they're, they're stacked Von Miller. There's no holes in any part of their team. But the key to this right now is that seven and a half. I could see the Rams running by seven, but that half point might save me here. And this pick was another one one where I needed an underdog. And you never know. It's Sunday night football. These primetime games have been really close this year. So uh, give me the Titans in this one.
1: Yeah, I think I got to go with the Rams here. No Derrick Henry. Big blow to the Titans offense. Big blow to the fantasy team. Uh, Tennessee, I I really don't know how they're going to look without him. He hasn't missed a ton of games. Over these last few years, and they've been so reliant on him. They signed Adrian Peterson, but I don't really think that's going to make a huge difference. The only other back on their roster is Jeremy McNichols, who's more of a pass-catching guy. Going up against a defense as talented as the Rams, if you have just absolutely no run game, you're going to have Jalen Ramsey on AJ Brown. That's going to be real tough for Tannehill and the Titans. Let me go with the Rams here. Final game, Monday Night Football. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Chicago Bears. Steelers are the six-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got?
2: Well, this was an easy one. I have to take Chicago just because I still hate fucking Pittsburgh. I know that Pittsburgh had an impressive win versus Cleveland. But, it like, it was a good game, but I'm still not impressed with Pittsburgh. I think they're frauds. You, the only upside that they have on their offense is Najee Harris basically carrying that whole offense. I know uh, Pat Fryamy was – also getting like some decent plays on there, but six and a half is a lot of points. I think Chicago also has a pretty good defense. I think that it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's too many points. So I got to go Chicago.
0: Yeah, I'm going Chicago here too. I think we finally saw Justin Fields breakout. He looked really good against the Niners and I think he can take that momentum into this game. And surprisingly enough, uh, Uh, Ben Roethlisberger has been playing pretty good football over the last couple weeks. No one's given him a lot of credit, but he's been pretty decent. But like you said, I could see this being low scoring. And when that's the case, you can always take the points, especially when it's six and a half of them. So, uh, give me the bears covering.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the bears here as well. Um, you know, even though they lost to the 49ers, Justin Fields impressed me a lot in that game. I think he's starting to take some big strides forward. Um, and I, you know, I'm I'm not totally sold on Pittsburgh. I think this is gonna be a close game. So I think the six and a half is a bit too much. Give me the bet.
2: This is All another right. this is another week that uh me and Dan only have one game different. I know. What do we got this week? The only difference we have is Cincinnati and Cleveland. All right. So that's oh. what it's
1: gonna come down to. Once again, I pulled it off last week. Can I do it again?
2: No. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> All right,
1: well, let's get into the big topic for us. Panthers this Sunday. We
2: already talked about it a little bit when
1: we went over the picks. What do you guys think for this game?
2: So I just think it's going to be with that defense comes out. You like My biggest concern and the biggest like anxiety that I've had about this game all week is if this is like going to be one of those games that this team is like, where you went into in Houston. Like, I do not want to see that team again. I don't want to see that happen to them, especially when everything is wide open. If it's TJ Walker and it's Hubbard, I think this defense should be all set. I think that Carolina has a versatile and fast defense. I think this is going to be a challenge for this Patriots offense. I think that, honestly, Carolina's defense matches up very well to us. It has to be a big Johnu day, right? Like, speed on speed, it's got to happen. I think it's going to be... Closer than what we expect with TJ Walker in there. I know Belichick usually struggles a little bit when he never faces a quarterback that's been in the league. I know that he dominates rookies, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I still think that we cover that three-and-a-half spread, but I'm just hoping that, you know, we play mistake-free football, and when we do that, we always will win.
0: Yeah. Um, I just hate what's been going on this year. Until recently in the Chargers game, we've been playing up to our good teams and, down to the worst teams Panthers kind of coming in, you know, they're kind of up and down Uh, PJ Walker. I know he's not great. There's, he hasn't been playing that great when he has been in, but the element of his speed is what kind of scares me because Belichick and his defenses have always been known to struggle against guys that can run around in the pocket. Hopefully we can come up with a good game planning. Football. uh, Don't turn the ball over, get Damon Harris running and just control the clock, control the game. And, do what you've been doing the last couple of weeks, and I think we can win and just watch where Gilmore is on the field because I think he's hungry, to, uh, hungry this week. He's motivated, and I don't want him to get an interception and make any big plays because that'll just make us feel even worse for giving, giving him up for a sixth-round pick.
1: Yeah, the thing that really worries me for the game this week is that secondary of Carolina. Uh, James Bradbury, I feel – is one of the more underrated corners in the league. He's probably going to match James, up with... Is it James James Bradbury's on the Giants. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm like James... off one today. I don't know what I'm thinking. No,
2: James Bradbury was on the Panthers. He was. Yeah, he's not. Very, he's really good for the Giants now, though.
1: Even still, Carolina, they do have a pretty good secondary. I think you're going to see Gilmore
2: <laughs> on Hunter H- Henry. Roy. Anderson and Gilmore.
1: Yeah, so you're probably going to see Gilmore and Hunter Henry. He got a lot of work this past week against Kyle Pitts, so it seems like that might be how they want to use him. Um, So, you know, it's going to rest on the shoulders of our receivers, of our run game. They have a talented front seven. Our line's been playing great. They need to show up. We need to be able to establish a run game with Harris. And uh, I, I think that this is definitely, you know, as I said before, very winnable game. You just can't overlook Carolina because we already saw it week one with Miami. How different would we be feeling right now if we were, you know, five and three and I've gotten that easy win against the Dolphins? Whenever we talk about the Dolphins as a one win team, we all, I think we all get that little feeling inside where we're like, how did we lose that game? And I know that if we narrowly miss out on the playoffs, that's going to be what we all come back to. So we already,
2: I can't tell you right now why they lost to Miami. It was week one, it was Mac Jones's first NFL game. In his career, you didn't know what you really had. You didn't really get as much reps that you wanted to with the offense because of Cam Newton. Not saying that was the reason why because of Cam's reps, but it was new. And the guys had to get used to each other. And as the season goes on, this offense is only going to get better. No,
1: the, I mean, like, that's true, but... Like, but...
2: On too. Like Miami has a better roster than we expect for that i think they are better their roster is better than what their record shows i know tua has been up and down but I could. that's exactly why we lost week one i'm not ashamed of that miami lost one bit we should have lost that's, won-
1: that's not true
2: i'm really honestly do week one with a rookie quarterback it's nothing like i'm more just yeah but if you if watch that down,
1: game it, down but down if you actually quarter.
2: watch the game we're in control the entire
1: game we were in pole position to win. Right. We fumbled the ball away, and we had you know multiple bad turnovers during that game. And then you give the ball back to Miami's offense, who since then hasn't been able to do anything. They have three minutes on the clock, and they're able to run the whole thing. But I just, mean, you can't tell me that's imagine, not.
2: Just imagine if you beat Dallas, though. You had control of the Dallas game. You have yeah, but ball, that's different. You threw because a, no, you threw, no, you threw a pick six. You had control of the game. Then we would be on a three-game winning streak. Yeah, but Dallas, that isn't, Dallas isn't what, 0-7 since then? I'm, not, that's, I'm just saying that I think that the Dallas game is much of a bigger loss than Miami, regardless. No, but at the same time,
1: when you look at that pick six, there's other things that come back our way, like making that goal line stand, having Bentley punch that ball out at the one, Dak throwing a pick in the end zone, like – I mean, the Kendrick Bourne 75-yard touchdown. Like, there were so many crazy plays in that game that you can't just come back to that pick six.
2: I think you can. All right. I think that if you got that first down in that game, that game's a wrap. But
1: I think because Dallas is so much of a better team and we all expected to lose that game, and, I mean, really, it was the opposite. Dallas was in control that entire game. Even when we were up, we knew they were right there. We knew they were coming. And then, you know, that game was over. That game was completely over. We got, it was a good route, but it was a lucky play for uh, Kendrick Bourne. The safety read it entirely wrong. The safety makes a better play on that ball. That's an easy incompletion, maybe even game-sealing interception. But so was, I think that's that
2: a lot, lot different. big six, 6 didn't happen. All right. But either way, Dan, finish your point. No, that's, that's my point.
0: So <laughs> we go on and on about the ifs, ands, or buts, because there's been a lot of them this season, but – As time has gone on, McDaniels has become become more confident in Mac. The offense has looked a lot better with a better O-line, and we're trending in the right direction. So that's all you can really ask at this point in the season. But let's get into our favorite part of the episodes, baby. Mac Jones stats. Who wants to lead off?
1: All right. Mac Jones will go. 29 for 41 for 238 yards. Two touchdowns and one Stefan Gilmore interception.
2: Wow. I, I, I had a feeling that was gonna come. I thought it was yeah. gonna come from Adam though. No score score prediction too, Dan.
1: Score prediction. We're gonna go Pats 27.
2: Panthers 19. Okay. So I think it's gonna be Pats win twenty to thirteen. I think it's gonna be a low scoring game, especially what we talked about with no. McCaffrey or Donald. And then I think Mac Jones is going to have kind of a quiet day last week. I kind of went big on Mac Jones and obviously he had the worst start of his career, but it's all right. He still got that win. I'm going to go Mac Jones, like 18 of Mm. 28. I think he's going to throw 28 times and then probably have 245 yards and one touchdown.
0: All right. I'm feeling a 27, 17 Pats victory. Um, kind of rooting on the side of Mac with this one. 23 36, 285 yards, two touchdowns, and zero picks. Dan, you made me angry with that Gilmore interception. I better not see that happen because I'll be really upset. Um typical of you to say that,
2: you know, because I can only imagine what's going to happen in our group chat when if that does happen. So Wait, uh, Dan, I have a question for you too. You really think that uh Gilmore is going to be covering Hunter Henry? I think he could be. I, I think, think he, I think the only reason he covered um Kyle Pitts, was just because Kyle Pitts is the best weapon on Atlanta's offense, so he wanted that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I know that Myers, we all look at him as the wide receiver one, but I think other teams might game plan and say, it's going to be more beneficial if we just take Hunter Henry out of this game. Yeah, I,
2: could I see mean, it. but because at the same time, you know, now, I mean, at the same the
1: time, now that I think of it, they do have Jeremy Chin. Uh, he could match up well with Henry if they want to go that route, and then obviously... You can put Gilmore on you know Myers. You can put him on Aguilar if you want to take away that deep threat. So I don't know. I'm just, you know, we've seen it before. We, we'd always see it, you know, when we'd play Kansas City, he'd get some reps against Kelsey. Last time we played Philly, he was on Ertz like the whole game. So he's obviously capable of doing it. I just think that's something we could see
0: yeah i mean that'll definitely be something to watch out for but if you
1: guys have nothing else as always thanks
0: for listening to another episode i appreciate you guys make sure to go check out the two minute drill and as always follow us on instagram and we'll see you next week go pats baby